What's up, everyone from all around the world, including Canada, USA, Long Island, plus the five boroughs of Brooklyn, Bronx, Manhattan, Staten Island, and Queens. I'm here to guide and help you about Anchor. Anchor is a free hosting site and phone app, which is owned by Spotify. It's the easiest, awesome way to make a podcast. Why are you wasting your money paying for a hosting site to promote your podcast with limited storages? Forget about it. Let me break it down to you. There's creation tools that allow you to record, edit, monetize, add music, intros, music outros, especially distribute your podcast to streaming platforms, uploading episodes with limited storages of your podcast right from your phones, computers, laptops, and tablets. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Plus, you get paid some money in your pocket from sponsorships. Excellent. These are the keys you need to make a podcast, including the listeners supporting your show. That way, you can listen to the episodes of my show, Off the Meat Rack Chain's New York podcast. The unfiltered comedy entertainment show about the stories mixed with entertainment news, music, real life segments, and much more. Now. Where can you find, follow, and listen to the show, you ask? You can follow the podcast on Facebook and Instagram, all in one word, off the Meat Rat Chains New York podcast. Alongside with my other show, Meticulous Vibe Juice podcast, and my primary handle, G Money Stacks 555 in Queens, New York. Now, the streaming platforms goes like this we are on Anchor. Audio Burst, Breaker, Podorama, Listen Notes, Spotify, Stitcher, Deezer, Podchaser, Pocket Cast, Podcast Addict, Player FM, TuneIn, Reason FM. We are on Podfriend, Podorama, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. If you have a dream of creating and becoming a podcaster like myself and individual friends that is co-hosting with me, go download the free Anchor app or you can check out anchor.fm to get started. Take advantage of the opportunity that's thrown in your face. If I could do it and reach success, so can you. I'm G Money Stacks. Thank you for listening. Let's go.
Hey, hey, good evening, USA, International, Canada, Long Island, aka Strong Island, plus the five spots of Brooklyn, Bronx, Manhattan, Staten Island, and Queens. This is your man, G Money Stacks, aka the Greganator, aka the YouTuber, creator, host with the most, misunderstood, lonely nomad, unstoppable independent podcaster, and rookie podcaster of Laurelton, Queens, New York. And you're rocking and hanging with the 195th episode of Off the Meat Rack Chain's New York podcast. That's right, folks. We're like five episodes away from the 200 episode, and I got something cooking for that episode right there, though. Not only it's going to be a reflective episode, but I'm also going to be having some guests to chime in on some topics, including the whole crazy shit with Kanye West, so... You want to hear some stuff about about it? You're gonna to have to stick around, and you're gonna to have to and you're gonna to have to tune in. You can tune in on on Instagram Live, like the Instagram Live feed next to me, which is the uh, podcast show page, and turn on your notifications so you don't miss a beat on when each episode is going to be dropping, and. On the YouTube side of things, if you miss any previous new new and latest episodes, don't worry. Everything is uploaded and posted to the YouTube channel page of G Money Stacks 555 is where you can grab that subscribe button. Tap that noni noni bell so you can be reminded when the show goes in the air via live stream. Leave a like and a comment along with the episodes. Plus, be sure to be sure to stay tuned for more video content, upcoming episodes, and previous episodes. And of course, um, tell a friend to another friend, share the episodes, um, listen and stream, and I'll handle the rest of the episodes of where you can listen to to catch up um, at the end of the show. So for those that's coming in, that's new, welcome to the show. This is a this is a safe space for comedy which is basically um contains various topics of entertainment news music news real life stuff sometimes sometimes uh mental health alongside with um what's going on with our mass transit system of new york city and of course um can't forget long island and all the other stuff and of course and of course sometimes um I'll do segments like podcast free game mechanisms in case people want to start a podcast. I'll give you some tips as far as like equipments or what you need. And, 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 and I host this site for you to use. So there you have it right there. And now um, I'm going to cut to the chase with, um, with New York Mass Transit Files, man. I need to talk about what went down by Roosevelt Avenue, Jackson Heights, in Jackson Heights in Queens, New York, recently. Let's do this. Okay, in case you haven't heard what went down recently, um, I have the article right here, so don't you worry. I'll fill you in on it. And this is according to the New York Post, man. So 
Here's what's happening here. A 48-year-old man was shoved in front of an oncoming Queens subway train, which is supposedly um, an F train, um, and killed during Monday night's rush hour after he accidentally bumped into another rider, cops and police sources said. The senseless crime occurred after the pusher's cell phone dropped onto the tracks when he was bumped into at the Jackson Heights Roosevelt Avenue 74th Street station just before 4.45 p.m., according to cops and the sources. The 50-year-old man who was bumped yelled at the other man to retrieve his phone from the tracks, sources said. The rider refused and the pair got into a scuffle. The man who lost his phone then pushed the victim, identified as um, um, Harry Berto Quintana, down to the tracks in front of an oncoming Jamaica-bound F-train, according to sources and police. I heard a loud argument in an altercation. It was two Spanish guys, older, like in their 50s, and MTA stations, station cleaner at the Jackson Heights station said you could hear them yelling on the men on the mezzanine mezzanine level mezzanine level <clears throat> then I heard screams and ran down to the platform he said the men were shouting and cursing in Spanish the MCA worker who who asked not to be identified said the victim was alive in the immediate aftermath he was alive when I saw him breathing and everything. Um, <clears throat> a 48-year-old man was shoved in front of... Yeah, I already read that part. I already read that part. Um, Quintana was rushed to Elmhurst Hospital where he was pronounced dead. Damn. Fellow subway riders who witnessed the horrific incident tried to hold down the suspect, but he escaped and fled on another train, according to the MCA worker. Police were able to apprehend the suspect and take him into custody. He had not been charged with any crimes as of Monday night. The fatal shove would be the ninth homicide in the subway system this year breaking 2021's 25-year high of eight murders within the system i told you crime wasn't down for that long i told you so told you so told you so <laughs> it's sad this is the new normal said the station cleaner who has worked for the mta for 15 years i've worked down here half my life if it's not a subway surfer, it's a fight. And if it's not a fight, it's a stabbing or a shooting. He said he worries about working within the transit system, given the increase in violence. I wouldn't say I'm scared, but I'm concerned, the station cleaner said. I'm concerned about my own safety as an, as an MTA employee. Yeah, I don't blame him. Riders said they're fearful. I'm scared to ride this, the, 
I'm scared to ride the subway right now. Said Carlton um, um, D'Souza, Queens Village resident and president of the Transit Advocacy Group, Passengers United. D'Souza, age 45, he has personally been assaulted on the subway three separate times. No one should be dying on the subway, period, he said. This could have been anyone. <laughs> yeah, this is this is fucking crazy right now, man. And you wonder why, and you wonder why, and you wonder why people are not, um, and you wonder why people don't feel comfortable taking the subway. And I, and I keep, and I keep saying this time and time again, people are not comfortable taking the subway because of all these crimes that's going on. Like, seriously, man. The MTA got to do better as far as like um, the MTA and along with, you know, other other politicians or whatever, they got to do better, man. They have to do better. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. No, man. Um, in other transit news, um, we got to talk about... um. Hold on a second. We need to talk about the vintage Redbird. Okay, the vintage Redbird. Okay, a vintage Redbird subway car sold at auction this year for nearly a quarter million dollars has left its nest at Queensborough Hall and flown away on the back of a truck en route to its new home in private hands. A 51-foot, 73,000-pound Redbird with seating for 44 was picked up from its perch by a crane and plopped onto a flatbed truck Sunday morning. The new owner is Jasmine Levitt, who purchased the retired train car at auction for $235,700 in July under the guise of her Los Angeles-based company, House 32 Double LC. Levy did not respond to multiple um, requests for comment, and it remains unclear what she wants to do with the Redbird numbered um, 9075. Oh boy. Redbirds enter service in the New York City subway in various color schemes, but were painted. Tuscan red in the 1980s to compact uh, rampant graffiti. Levitt's bird was originally painted blue when it entered service in 1959. Redbirds were retired from the system in 2003 to be replaced with more modern stainless steel cars. Like many retired subway cars of yore, most redbirds were sunk in the Atlantic Ocean to create artificial reefs off the coast of Delaware. But bird 1975, 1975, excuse me, um, emblazoned, emblazoned with a semi-train insignia was saved from the flock's fate when it was purchased in 2005 for one for one dollar by then queensborough president helen marshall who set it up 
on the grass outside Queensboro Hall and rechristen it um, the Queens Tourism Center. Unfortunately, the tourists were scant and the center shuttered in 2015. The Department of Citywide Administrative Services put the Red Bird up for sale this summer, hoping a wealthy rail fan would take it off the city's hands like Saturday Night Live stars Colin Joss and Pistol Pete Davidson did with Aventus Staten Island Ferry. Bidding started at $6,500 and ended after 47 offers with Levitt's successful $235,700 proposal. The successful bidder was required to provide their own transportation to remove the train car to its new home. Damn. Um, all right, so let's see what else. Let's see. Let me make sure I don't miss anything. <laughs> um, okay. Um, let me see, let me see, let me see. Okay. Okay, I know what to do. All right. Um, now that I'm done with the uh, mass transit stuff, um, we need to get into a little, a little update, a little update about um the arrest of what went down with PNB Rock's murder, and I believe it's two people that got arrested. So, um, yeah, we're gonna get into it right now, actually. Um. Yeah, we're gonna get into it right now called uh, Remains to be Seen. Here it is. Yes. Um yeah, um and so there's here's an update on what's what went down with the uh with the murder of P and B Rock. It's two people that got arrested, actually. So, um, according to Variety, let's get into it. According to Variety, actually. Um, okay. So, a teenager and a woman are in custody in the murder of rapper PNB Rock, who was fatal who was shot fatally on September 12th in Los Angeles. Police confirmed to Variety on Wednesday. Police are also searching for the teenager's father in connection with the murder, whom they say is armed and dangerous. Yeah. How stupid can you be? <laughs> A minor was arrested on suspicion of murder and Chantel Trone, age 38, was arrested on suspicion of accessory to murder. LAPD Captain Kelly Munez told the Los Angeles Times, the miner's father, Freddie Lee Drone, age 40, is still at large. The LAPD has released his photograph and requested public assistance in locating him. Oh, boy. How stupid. Okay, so um, 
Rock H30, real name Rock Rakim Rakim Allen was murdered at Roscoe's um, House of Chicken and Waffles in South Los Angeles, where he had been dining with his girlfriend. A gunman demanded jewelry and other valuables from him before getting into a struggle with PNB and opening fire. LAPD Chief um, Michael Moore. Um, Michael Moore. Um, okay, Michael Moore, Michael Moore, hold on. Yes, Michael Moore told the Times. Moore added that the shooting occurred soon after the rapper was tagged online as being at the restaurant, and police are investigating whether the post led to the attack. Although an earlier report in TMZ says that the, the attackers had been sitting in the restaurant's parking lot at the time of the post. That report also says that Trone and his son burned the getaway car in an effort to destroy evidence. Um, According to the LAPD's post about Freddie Lee Trone, the suspect shot Allen and removed some of his property. The suspect also demanded um, property from Allen's girlfriend. The suspect fled the location in an awaiting vehicle. Freddie Lee Trone has been identified as being a person involved in the murder of Rakim Allen. He should be considered armed and dangerous. If you see him, you are urged to call 911 for immediate assistance. Cause Variety will have more on the story if it, as it develops. And of course, his girlfriend actually um spoke out actually. So let's get into that story right there. All right. So Pete Rock's girlfriend, um, girlfriend's world was turned upside down the day he was murdered. But she says his actions saved her life, putting her under the t under a table and out the and out of harm's way. Um, Stephanie, um, um. Um, Saban, um, Saban Huang posted a lengthy caption on Instagram Thursday, her first time speaking since PNB was gunned down inside of Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles restaurant a month ago. Um, Steph says, I am 100% not okay. If I wasn't spiritual, I could kill myself. Um, but then I'll go to hell and my man not there. She reveals PNB pushed her under the under a table while shots rang out. I'm not supposed to be here, but um, because of him, I am. Um, in her post, Steph also reveals a heartbreaking detail from uh, the tragic day, saying, my last day with you, I told you, I, I know you, my husband. I know you, my soulmate. Even it was for a little bit. At least we got to experience what having a soulmate is. And for that, I am grateful. Um, As we reported, three people have been arrested and charged in, P in the connection to PNB's murder. Cops say Freddie Lee Drone and his 17-year-old son spotted PNB enter the restaurant before the son followed him inside, shooting PNB during a robbery to get the rapper's jewelry. 
Um, of course, Chantel Drone, the 17-year-old step stepmother, was arrested for accessory to murder for the crime, which is stupid right there. Over a fucking piece of metal. Like, seriously, come on. Come on, man. People are getting too old for this shit, man. Like, you know what I mean? People are getting too old for this shit. So, um, anyway, um, <clears throat> Steph closes her post. Um, they say your angels come and stop by and and visit you, but I feel like mine is always here. It ain't no stopping by. Pain is real. No matter how rich you are, how famous you are, how spiritual you are, some pain is inevitable. Yeah, I agree. I have to agree. I have to agree, though, man. I mean, look, everybody grieves differently, okay? Not everybody is going to actually be a crier, you know what I'm saying? And, and yeah, I was at, and I bring this up because of an episode that I was listening to, which is uh, Let's Make Sense of It podcast, actually. And I, and I, and I have to agree, you, there is no correct way to grieve. You, you feel what I'm saying? Everybody grieves differently. Like for me, I'm not much of a crier. I mean, sure, I may be sad, but I'm not really, I'm not really much of a crier though. You know what I'm saying? Um, so yeah. And you know, grief takes a long time to to actually go through things man you know what i'm saying and 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 from the words of a cousin of mine that i actually um basically asked and i'm going to actually say this actually um you know tom heals all wounds you know what i'm saying it may relieve the the the, the hurt and the pain but it won't get rid of the emotional scars Sometimes emotional scars can be reminders. And it can be reminders. It's not just it's not just about the bad times. It's also about the good times. And and I know firsthand what it's like to lose somebody because it happened to me. Um and and for those of you out there um who lost someone either this year or last year, um I'm here to say I'm I'm actually wanna I wanna say this actually. Um yes, so the person that you lost, um just to let you know that um that their soul is with you at all times in your heart. You feel what I'm saying? um it's also it's also the simple fact that that they are no longer in pain anymore you know what i'm saying so so just just remember the good just remember the good times y'all had that's the only that's the only thing that i could say right that i could say right there is to you know remember the good times y'all had i mean even if even if y'all had some bad moments, it doesn't matter. And I'm pretty sure that the people you lost don't want you to give up on yourselves. 
and your goals and dreams. So, you know what I'm saying? And yes, pain is inevitable. I agree. And I have to say, you know, we all have to, we all have to, you know, you know, you know, go through the pain while dancing in the rain. You know what I mean? So, so there you have it right there, man. <clears throat> there you have it right there, though, man. Don't give up on yourself. You know what I'm saying? Period. All right. Um, let's get into. Let me see. What else can we get? Oh. <laughs> yeah, the knife point. Yeah, let's get into that part right there, man. The knife point part, though, man. And here's and here's the next segment chatting on the jazz right here. Okay, we have another story that we need to get into right off the back. Um so Okay, there's a story in regards to... Oh, here it is. Here it is. <clears throat> All right, so man, age 35, robbed that knife point in Central Park. Okay, so here, here's what's going on here. And this is from um, the Audacity website. And, of course, um, it was talked about on 1010 Wins. A 35-year-old man was robbed by a trio of teens at Knife Point in Central Park early Sunday, the New York Post reported. The incident happened on West 60th Street and West Drive in the park around 12.45 a.m. where the victim was walking and approached by the crew, police said. One of the teens took out a knife and proceeded to steal the man's wallet and cell phone before they fled the scene, officials said. The victim did not um, sustain any injuries as a result. The only description given of the robbers was that they all had on black hoodies. And that's crazy, man. That's really crazy right there, man. You know, that's that's really crazy. <laughs> all right, it's got to be more to this. So this is just crazy. So um, let's see. So. The person, yeah, so a, a real estate broker was robbed at knife point by three teens in Central Park early Sunday and recounted his terrifying ordeal to the Post, adding he feels as if crime is way up in the city. Yeah, it is. Zach Gutierrez, age 35, said he was on his way home around 1245 a.m. when he heard people running behind him and, and said, in quote, in statements, <clears throat> I was walking home from the Upper East Side, immediately late, but was such a beautiful night, and I regularly walked through through Park, the man wrote in the email, reaching out after he saw the Post article about the crime. 
I heard three people running behind me, so I turned around and they wouldn't run into me. He said, one of them took my arm as if he was my friend and wanted to tell me something. His friend pulled out a, a large white knife and then he took out a similar one. Gutierrez said he panicked a bit and gave him gave them everything he had, his wallet and his phone, and they immediately sprinted off. I realized walking through the park at night could be dangerous, but it never has been for me in the years I've done it, Gutierrez wrote. Um, I can say um crime is way up in my experience. And speaking to my to many police last night. I know they feel helpless with bear reform, he, he added. I'm sure theoretically it is noble, but the results are overwhelmingly obvious to any anybody living in the city right now. He said he found a police officer a few minutes after he was mugged and told the cop what happened. Police said he filed a report and law enforcement sources confirmed his name. We canvassed for a bit and went back to 80, 86th Street station house gutierrez said of him and the officer the robbers got between 20 to 30 dollars of his credit cards which he immediately canceled he said <clears throat> when i got home i saw they attempted to buy something at the smoke shop he said <laughs> that's pretty smart that is pretty smart of this guy to actually cancel his cards so they won't use anything so they won't use anything so that's pretty good that's pretty good on that part though um <clears throat> uh let's see let's see um okay let me see <clears throat> All right, let me see, let me see. One moment. Okay, one moment, one moment. Okay, let me see what's next on the agenda. Um, Let's see. So, okay, we need to, Hold on a minute here. <clears throat> Hold on a second. Um, we definitely, let me see. Hold on a minute. Um, we need to talk about a passing recently. Um, I'm going to get into that right now. So let's see here, Charby Dean. Okay, okay, Charby Dean. Charby Dean. Hold on a minute. Yeah, um, let's see. 
let's see let's see let's see um so let's see <clears throat> according to people magazine actually uh at the char charby dean's death at age 32 her brother is remembering the actress as extremely caring and extremely loving more than anyone i could have ever known on Wednesday, Alex Jacobs told Rolling Stone that his sister, his sister's sudden death in New York City on Monday happened after she began experiencing minor symptoms and soon asked her fiance Luke Volker to take her to the, to an emergency room. She died just hours later. This happened literally within the span of a day, getting a headache, going to sleep, waking up. Um, her boyfriend and saying, please take me to the hospital. Jacobs, age 21, told Rolling Stone. We still aren't entirely sure what happened, Jacobs added. There's an uh, uh, autopsy being done, which we know might take a quite a, might take quite a while. But we but what we have heard that there was a viral infection in her lungs. <sighs> wow. Jacobs told Rolling Stone that Dean was involved in a very, very bad car accident around 2009, after which doctors removed her spleen. She also suffered broken ribs and a broken back in the accident, according to her brother. The spleen is involved in fighting off infections, and that could have had something to do with what happened, Jacobs said. Her spleen not being there just added on to the reason why she perhaps couldn't fight it off. Wow. <clears throat> on Tuesday, people confirmed that Dean died off of unspecified illness. The a South African-born actress stars in the upcoming film Triangle of Sadness, which won the Cannes, the Cannes Film Festival festival's highest honor, the Palm Dior, earlier this year. She was extremely caring and extremely loving, more than anyone I could have ever known. Jacobs told Rolling Stone, she reminded us every day how much she loved us. This is quite shocking for us right now, having something like that happen. She um, was really the glue that kept us together, he said. Jacobs told Rolling Stone that he is worried about Dean's fiance, 26-year-old Volker, in the wake of her death, saying that he and the rest of the Dean's family loved him, love him so much. I can't imagine what it would have been like being being there, Jacobs said. My mom's biggest worry was that she was going to die alone. He was with her as close as he could be. Um, <clears throat> on Wednesday, Volker, a model artist, shared a brief video on his Instagram to show appreciation for messages he received after the death of Dean, who was also known for roles in the 2010 South African film Spud and the, super, and the superhero CW series Black Lightning. <clears throat> hi, every and he, and, he and he states, hi, everyone. I want to... I wanted to just post a picture of of Charby, but it's a bit hard. Began Volker. I just wanted to let you know 
I see all your messages, all the love, and I appreciate it. I really do. I just, it's just, I can't really reply to them right now. But thank you guys. I appreciate it. I love you. And in April 8th Instagram post, Dean revealed that she and Volker got engaged in New York City. She wrote alongside photos from the proposal, which happened at the spot where she where they shared their first kiss. When she had her breakup performance in Triangle of Sadness, Volker expressed how proud he was of Dean on social media in May. Three years later, he wrote in an Instagram post, against all odds, almost impossible obstacles. They pulled it off. The film is a masterpiece from top to bottom. Everyone did a spectacularly job getting it done. I couldn't be more proud of you, my love. So SIP to Charby Dean, um, the actress. Um, all right. So, all right. Um, on the agenda, let's see what else. Um, <clears throat> um, okay. Let's see. Right. Right. That's right. Let me see. Um, Let's see. That's right. Um, let me find out what else can I hear. Bus is from Texas. Okay. Six buses from Texas filled with migrants arrived at the Port Authority Saturday as the city shelter system neared its breaking point. Men, women, and children who boarded the buses in El Paso poured out at the bus terminal, with many saying they come from Venezuela. We stopped for food, but not a lot of people had cash to buy any food, so I'm so hungry. I'm so, so hungry, um, said uh, Gustavo Pacheco age 35, who was waiting for relatives from New, New Jersey to pick him up. Pacheco was wearing an American flag t-shirt that said, Land of the Free, Home of the Brave, along with broken plastic sandals, his swollen feet covered with bug, bug bites. He said it took one month to get from Venezuela to the U.S. border and then a two-day ride two-day bus ride, excuse me, to the Big Apple. Um, Jan Romero, age 35, also from Venezuela, said New York relatives were coming to get him. He took off his sneakers to show how cut up his feet were after crossing a river for three days. I'm excited about all the opportunities here, Romero said. I plan on working. I, I'm, re I'm a really good car mechanic. Another asylum seeker said, he doesn't have family in New York and doesn't know where, doesn't know why he's here. One one young boy wearing an oversized backpack got off the bus with a big smile on his face and waved at reporters. Power Power Mall with the nonprofit artist athletics activists lifted the boy off the bus and greeted the other migrants. He said he wanted to let everyone know they were welcome in the Big Apple, but acknowledge the challenges. We know we have 
a huge homeless problem here in New York City as it is. Hopefully this will shine a light on an already broken shelter system, Mall said. Um, one man heckled the migrants shouting, there, there are a lot of people who need help, who sleeps in the streets. We don't need no more people out here. Help, pe help people who is in the street here in new york he was quickly moved away by police officers some of the new arrivals were put on the were put on an nca bus headed to a shelter in the bronx the migrants have been bused to new york both by el paso officials under the apparent agreement between its democratic uh, mayor and nyc mayor adams and by GOP Texas gov Governor Greg Abbott, piece of shit, whom Adams has criticized. And an estimated 8,000 migrants have flooded into the Big Apple in recent weeks. The El Paso City County Office of Emergency Management has been sending charter buses um, here since August 23rd. More than 1,000 migrants have flooded El Paso since the nonprofit shelters in the not in the excuse me in the region filled up earlier this month, according to a report. The El Paso City Council Monday signed a two million dollars two million dollar contract with a charter bus company to move the migrants out faster. El Paso Matters reported. Hmm. Yeah. Of course, nobody likes Greg Abbott. He's a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, he's a piece of shit right now. So I'm not even gonna hold you. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. What else? What else? What else? Um, uh, let's see. Um, okay. Um, all right. <clears throat> Okay, former DEA. Okay, um, former DEA. So Derek Maltz, former DEA Special Operations Director, warned parents to educate themselves on the nationwide fentanyl crisis at the officials um, seized 15,000 pills disguised as candy in Connecticut. With Halloween just weeks away, the DEA is warning parents the deadly rainbow colored pills may be marketed to children. The recent seizure in Connecticut found the drug stash in Skittles and Nerds packaging. We're seeing an unprecedented amount of kids dying as young as 13 years old, Malt said on Fox and Friends Tuesday. And we know now the DEA says that 40% of the pills contain a potentially lethal dose of fentanyl. Most explained to host um, Ainsley um, Earhart that cartels are taking advantage of teens, obses teens obsession with the internet by selling the drugs on social media platforms. The children being targeted in these sales, uh, Maltz noted, uh, may not know any better. 
Maltz encouraged parents to seek out educational materials from the DEA and other nonprofits to know what to look out for as Halloween approaches. They have to be proactive, proactive, he said. It's deadly fentanyl and it's flooding our streets like we've never seen. Maltz advised concerned parents to open any suspicious candy packaging and notify police if drugs are found. He said the, the material needs to be immediately disposed of. Stay away from it. It's poison. It it really is dangerous, he said. Maltz added that schools need to get involved in combating the crisis. And he called the he called on the Biden administration to act with a sense of urgency. The US saw synthetic opioid deaths jump from 6,000 in 2015 to more than 63,000 in 2021, with fentanyl being the biggest contributing factor. Some counties have reportedly run out of space in morgues due to fentanyl deaths. This is not a drug issue. It's a mass poisoning, he said. We're losing a future generation 300 a day. Yeah, that's that's that has to suck right there, man. That really sucks though. Um that really has to suck. I you know, I don't know, man. This is just it's crazy in a sense. It's just crazy. Um it's just crazy. Anyway, um okay, what else can we talk about here? Oh wait. Wait a minute here. Wait a minute here. Um wait a minute here. Um Okay. Okay, Will Packer. Okay, Will Packer. Um agrees with Will Smith's apology. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, um let's get into let's get into this right now. Um all right um Yeah, um so Will Packer says that he is pulling he's pulling for Will Smith following the the actor's recent Instagram video statement over his behavior at the 2022 Oscar ceremony during which he slapped Chris Rock on the Dolby Theater stage. In in a new interview with Entertainment Tonight on the carpet of the producer's new film The Beast Packer shared his thoughts on Smith's video apology to Rock and his family, his fellow Oscars attendees, and his family. Um, the video also um, featured Smith answering commonly floated questions about his actions during and after the annual award show, with him opening up about what fueled his decision to slap Rock after the Oscars presenter and comedian made an unscripted comment about 
Jada Pickett Smith's bald hairstyle ahead of announcing the best documentary winner. Um, I love the fact that he's being so transparent about his process, Packer said of Smith's video statements. Clearly, he is going through his own personal rehabilitation. In the video, Smith denies Pickett Smith was behind his split second decision to physically confront Rock and addresses how his actions at the ceremony left him feeling deeply remorseful. Disappointing people in my central trauma. I hate when I let people down, so it hurts. It hurts me psychologically and emotionally to know I didn't live up to people's image and impression of me, Smith explained. I'm a human. And I made a mistake, and I'm trying trying not to think of myself as a piece of shit. Coach Packer went on to say that following the video, he was pulling for both Rock and Smith and wishing the Oscar winner and King Richard starred the best. I'm pulling for him to continue his own process, but I think this is for him. Will He needs to do it. Packer is the latest um voice discussing Smith's action, actions following the release of the video. Um, the actor's daughter, singer Willow Smith, also recently spoke about the Oscars incident in a profile with Billboard, telling the magazine that what happened didn't rock me as much as my own internal demons, but that, but that because of the high profile and highly visible position her family is on, his family is in. Our humanness sometimes isn't accepted, and we're expected to act in a way that isn't conductive to a healthy human life um, and isn't conductive to being honest. Packer also addressed how he feels about the way the 2022 Oscars ceremony, which he was a producer of, he has been uh, remembered. The Hollywood filmmaker and mine behind will packer productions is hoping that with time the show will be remembered for its historic moments beyond the smith rock slap people always talk about that slap but i hope that over time people will realize it was an energetic diverse history making oscar ceremony he said a lot of energy went into it i'm very proud prideful of it Packer previously spoke about the ceremony and slapping incident in an interview with Good Morning America just days after it happened. At the time, the first time Oscar's producer said that he didn't realize the slap wasn't a bit um, until Rock came backstage and confirmed Smith had actually slapped him and ultimately regretted not removing the actor from the ceremony once that had been confirmed. I think what many of us were hoping is that he would go on the state on that stage and make it better. It it couldn't be made right in front in that moment because of what happened, he says. But I think we were hoping that he would stand on that stage and say what just happened minutes ago was absolutely and completely wrong. Chris Rock, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. That's what I was hoping for. I felt like he was going to win, and I was hoping that if he stayed, he would say that. All right, moving on to the next one. I'm, I already addressed the whole Will Smith slap thing um, episodes ago. I'm not going to get into it again. 
Um, <clears throat> I'm not gonna get into that again. Um, let's see. Um, let me see. What else can we talk about here? Well, yeah, Eminem, Eminem. Um, yeah, I'll get to them in a sec. Um, <clears throat> there's another pot. Um, Doritos, ketchup, and mustard. sec actually um i'll get back to that in a sec um yes where is that oh yeah eminem yes so eminem writes his own story cover um for double xl magazine's 25th anniversary issue so it's only right that for double xl's milestone birthday a self-proclaimed rap god joins the celebration the 25th anniversary of Double XL features Eminem taking a look back at the at his momentous career. <clears throat> for the for the magazine's fall issue, which marks his ninth cover with Double XL, M's cover story is in is in his own words. He shares the ups and downs of his journey how meeting his rap heroes impacted him, his battle with addiction, the role he plays in today's hip-hop, looking to the younger generation for inspiration and more. Um, And he talks about in here, um, so on the meeting Dr. Dre and making the Slim Shady LP, I remember saying if I could just get with Dre, man, my God, that that'd be so crazy he's so fucking ill three weeks later i was at dre's house we made the slim shady lp that was a fun album to make but it's also where everything suddenly changed one of those changes was that drugs became a part of the way i was living my life once i got signed on eminem's role in hip-hop in today's hip-hop my role in today's hip-hop is to always try to be the best rapper that's it that's how i want to feel inside that's what i want to feel and i can't do that until i listen to what the fuck j cole just put out what the fuck did kendrick just put out and i'm thinking oh these dudes ain't playing i don't i don't want to get swept away in that shuffle I still want to let everybody know who the fuck I am. Like I said, they rep to be 
the best rappers. I'll hear some some shit by them. And I'll be like, yo, I ain't the best rapper right now. I need to fucking get up and get back on my own shit. <clears throat> on looking to the younger generation of artists, I want to do things that nobody from this point on can ever top. Rap to a level that no one else could get to. And again, it's subjective and, ver and every rapper, especially rappers in competitive rap, wants to be the best rapper. So I look for the younger generation to push me. <clears throat> I don't have to make albums. I don't have to do anything at this point. It's about wanting to, and that's never changed for me, no matter what level the fame's gotten to. I still love to rap. It's always been the most important thing to me. I still have fun writing. On on when Eminem's addiction got bad. <clears throat> I was able to downplay my addiction and hide it for a while until it got really bad. And also at the time, so much shit was happening with the whole 50 beef with Ja Rule. We started feuding, going back and forth, and I'm making all of these disc records and shit. So I'm coming off the Marshall Matters LP and going into Encore when my addiction started 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 to get bad. I was taking Vicodin, Valium, and alcohol. I kind of fell off the map a little bit and didn't explain why I went away. I remember things started getting really, really bad when me, 50, and G-Unit did BET's 106 in Park. We performed You Don't Know on the show, and then we did an interview afterward. That's when the wheels started coming off. One of the, one of the hosts was talking to me, and I could not understand a word she was saying. 50 had the cover for me and answered every question. On the Encore album being a misstep. Encore became a misstep, and I struggled to get over the fact that I didn't do my best. My best would have been good if the leaks hadn't happened. But I released what I had at that point in time. And I feel that put a kind of a mark on my catalog. Encore did some decent numbers, but I, I was never that concerned with numbers. I was more so worried about what people think about the album. Critics and fans were important to me, and they were always at me about the pro that project. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so let's see. So basically, um, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's actually good that um that Eminem's telling his side of the story instead of having other people do it for him. So it's it's pretty dope. That's it's pretty dope that he's telling his testimony. So that's pretty good. <clears throat> okay, hold on a minute. Let me see. Hold on a second. Hold on.
Um, okay. Um, Snoop loops. Okay. Hang on a second. And new album. Okay, Snoop Dogg. <clears throat> okay, so this is all right. So let's take a look at Hype Beast. All right, so for many years, Snoop Dogg has proved. Um, to be a risk taker when it comes to out of the norm business endeavors. While the West Coast rapper has known to be a legend in the music industry, he has also developed quite a reputation for being a businessman. From debuting his own line of wine and branded cannabis, Snoop is now expanding his F&B portfolio to breakfast cereal. Snoop's own broadest food company. He started with fellow rapper and business mogul Master P to introduce his own cereal brand, Snoop Loops. <laughs> the new cereal will be sold at various grocery stores across the nation. <laughs> this is not Master P's first run-in with, with snacks as he recently partnered with Rap Snacks. Master P <laughs> took to Twitter um, to reveal that the cereal will be gluten-free and has more corn, more flavor, and more marshmallows in comparison to other brands. According to the cereal's website, the multi-grain cereal, cereal claims to be enriched with vitamin D and fiber. Broadest Foods already has a broad range of breakfast products, including oatmeal, grits, pancakes, pancake mix, excuse me, and syrup and other cereals. With each purchase, it also promises to be dominated to Door of Hope. Look out for these release of Snoop Loops coming to grocery stores soon. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty that's pretty dope though, man. And what's this about him having a new album? So sure, but wait, I didn't even see that. Um this new album, I don't really. Yes, uh um also he has a new album. He has a new album, really. Why is he? He has his new album. Hold on a minute. Let me get to that. Um, so, another Snoop Dogg news. Um, Snoop Dogg is releasing a new album produced by Dr. Dre. The West Coast rap legend has announced 
Snoop dropped the bombshell during a recent appearance on Stephen A. Smith's No Mercy podcast, where he revealed the project's the project is called Missionary and is due to be finished in November, although it's unclear how soon it will be released. Next month will mark 29 years since Snoop Dogg and Dre joined forces on the former um, first album, Doggy Style, which extended the winning partnership they formed on 1992's The Chronic to record-breaking sales. Um, wow. Wow. Um wow. Um I'm gonna tell you this. You are the first one to hear this. Me and Dr. Dre have been working on an album for the past two months, Snoop said, at the three at the 3430 mark. And it will be done in November. It's produced by Dr. Dre. It's our 30th anniversary to Doggy Style. And the same name of the album is missionary when smith asked why that name snoop replied the first album was doggy style prompting prompting a roar of laughter from the sports personality <laughs> that is beautiful i love it man smith commented um snoop dog and dr dre have dropped numerous teasers about new music plans in recent months in august the, the legendary duo were spotted in the studio with Eminem who posted a video, no, excuse me, a, a photo of their session on Twitter with the caption, just a few bros hanging out. Weeks later, photos of Snoop and Dre's, Dre's studio reunion surfaced, showing, showing the longtime collaborators sharing a laugh while seemingly getting down to serious business. Diddy also swung by the session and revealed Dre coached him through a vocal take, calling it a dream come true. Dre and I are cooking up a little something, Snoop told E.T. Um, at the premiere of his Day Shift movie in August. I don't want to talk about it too much, but we're back together again. It's been 30 years since we worked on a record, and we're doing something. We're working on something. This year's Super Bowl halftime show proved that the Snoop Dogg Dr. Dre partnership remains alive and well. In February, the former Death Row duo put on an all hip hop spectacle alongside Eminem, Kendrick Lamar, 50 Cent, and Mary J. Blige. The star studded performance won three awards at the 2022 Creative Arts Emmys, including Outstanding Variety Special Live. Um, outstanding music direction and outstanding production design for a variety special special area. Missionary will serve as Snoop Dogg's 20th studio album and his second um, this this year, following the ap aptly titled "Back on Death Row," which marked his return to the storied West Coast gangster rap label as its proud new owner. Snoop and Dre's most recent collaboration, meanwhile, arrived last year in the in the form of ETA, an exclusive song from no exclusive song for Grand Theft Auto Online that also featured Buster Rhymes and Anderson Pack. Okay, let's make some noise for Snoop Dogg for the new album and 
and the and the cereal. Okay, let's talk YG. Let's talk YG for a sec. All right. um, So, wait a minute. So, hold on a minute. YG is fully focused on his upcoming sixth studio album, I Got Issues, and the West Coast rhymer fulfilled a dream by getting Nas on one of his tracks. The proud Bompton rapper recently held an L.A. listening session for the sturdy new project and tells TMZ Hip Hop he was flooded, no, he was floored, excuse me, when he heard Nas on the completed record, especially since he had been trying to work with him since 2016. Although, um, although YG and Nas didn't record together in the studio, YG made sure to let his creativity bleed on the track, rapping in the third person adjacent to Nas' perspective. He goes deep into several topics on the album, such as friction with his child's mother and losing friends to gun violence. Um, and didn't shy away from the fact not everything he says is pretty. So basically, the studio is a therapist couch for YG disease. Elsewhere on the album, YG playfully details how to successfully rob this crop, this crop of new flashy rappers in hip hop today. And when asked, didn't seem too concerned with any potential clapbacks when the song drops. I Got Issues uh, already came out on September 30th. And um, to rev up excitement, YG unleashed the Alone on Friday, the LP's fourth single video. So you can go check that out on, on YouTube in case you didn't see the video go ahead and check that out as well <clears throat> and um let's go to fat joe hold on a second yes let's go to fat joe <clears throat> hang on a second here let me see all right um so New York rapper Fat Joe hopped on Instagram on August 28th to scorn his haters while addressing a controversial topic that both blacks and Latinos started the hip hop culture. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I never really fuck with Twitter, but I go there to see they always hating on me and shit, he said. Lately, they've been talking about Latinos wasn't in rap. These guys are fucking delusional. We're from the Bronx, New York. Shit happens. 
this is where hip hop started. Yes, that's true. It's Latino and black half and half. He added, but they're going to, they're going at me because I'm like the only Spanish dude with a big voice. Like fuck that. Latinos wasn't there. You was invited. You are a specimen. I don't know what the fuck is up with these people that don't know their facts. Um, Joe has been dragged on social media for his comments, peeps, some tweets about Joe's rant below. Um, and um, let me see. And he, this is what he said, actually. Let me just read. So <clears throat> let me just see what's going on here. Um, yeah, but I don't think I want to, um, yeah, I'm not going to, this is ridiculous, man. This is ridiculous. Um, there's gotta be some more to this story though. Hold on a minute. It's gotta be more to this story. Um, okay, so all right, so let's see. So welcome to the limits. Uh, of course, this is according to Jay Williams, of course. Uh, um, and that is the unmistakable voice of today's guest fact joe joe was one of the one of those guys who's been around the block forever and he's had a huge impact on hip-hop and entertainment as a whole he's put out 13 albums and even started his own record label terror squad productions he's helped start the career of his good friend and collaborator big pun who tragically passed away in the year 2000 rest in peace brother and yes me and joe dig deep into pun and their relationship we'll also get into joe's experience growing up puerto rican in the bronx the mecca of hip-hop the convergence of hip-hop and the basketball culture joe's loyalty to his family his friends and his community and how he views his own legacy <clears throat> so this is crazy. Um, and even even though I said legacy, this man is just getting started. His memoir, The Book of Jose, is dropping in November. Not to mention he's got a one-man show and even an animated TV series in development. Incredible, right? But even with all he's done, it took the slam demic for Fat Joe to really reintroduce himself to the world. You you see, that's when Joe started doing Instagram live segments with all kinds of celebrities. They chopped it up and told um, undiluted un stories to a captive online audience. I know because I was one of Joe's guests during those times. So without further ado, here's my conversation with, Fat, with my man, the one and only Fat Joe. Okay, so, <clears throat> so this is off of the show he did. Okay, so... <clears throat> nobody was more terrified than me i remember that nobody was scared i was a year and a, and four months in the house never left 
a year and four months. A year and four months, and I lived in Miami, so it's Trump's count. So it's Trump's country. So they they ain't believe in masks. And so when I went to the supermarket, I stuck out like a sore thumb, um, hoodie, goggles, <clears throat> everything, mask, glove, Lysol. They was looking at me like, oh, he's one of them. <laughs> like, nah, it's a different, it's a different, um, let me get my soda. It's a different type of thing over there. And of course, <laughs> oh man. William says, I got to tell you, man, this is a throwback for me. I mean, last time we really rapped was during the slandemic. I remember I literally, you hit me on DM. I was like, you got me a half a bottle of wine in. I was half a bottle myself until like 12 o'clock at night, just rapping with you, man. Like it's cr- it's just crazy how fast time switches. You coming off hosting the BT Awards, everything you've been doing, man. Where were you back then? Take me to take me to back when you were doing all your IG lives. You were truly kicking it off. You've always had personality, but many but things really got kicked off. <clears throat> yeah, I was scared to death, and you know because I'm pre-diabetic i was a diabetic since i was 12 and then when i lost all the weight i got rid of the diabetes but if you was watching news they were saying people with diabetes are just dying they're just dying so i was terrified of covid and so i was home like i was not faking it i was home and one day my daughter tells me yo dad let's go on live. I didn't even know what live was. She was like, you could talk to your fans live. I said, get out of here. We turned it on one day and Michelle Obama, Kim Kardashian, Floyd Mayweather, everybody was stuck home. So people were like commenting. It was the craziest thing. I was looking, I was, I was like, no way, Michelle Obama. (laughs) And of course, um, the rest just goes on and on. So, yeah. So, King Kardashian, like, everybody was home. So, it was like when D-Nice was killing and had a million people were home. So, everybody was tapping in. And it was crazy to me because if you go back to that, you'll see every time I clicked on some somebody like you and saw you, I was like, oh, I could, I could not even believe that there was a way to like you know mike tyson oh we you know you know what i'm saying and every day it felt like so we turned it into like a tv show on instagram so every day monday through friday just go on at eight o'clock interview people and we were talking about real topics too everything from domestic violence because you know people were stuck home that's when you really knew if you loved your wife or loved your husband or not when you stuck for a year and four months in the same house and similar it gets the smaller it gets the more tense it might be 
and so that domestic violence was on the rise. So we was talking to people about a whole bunch of issues. Williams says, I mean, I know you got me to talk about my accident, like my near-death experience. You got me to talk about trials and tribulations and family. Do you have any? And is there one conversation in particular where literally you put down the phone and you were like, damn, I can't believe I just had the co- that conversation with this person on my IG Live. <sighs> well... The thing that happened to me is I was I I lived my life like an open book, total transparency. And so for me, I want people to learn about my mistakes. I want people to learn about my failure. I want people to learn about my wins. You know, you know what I'm saying? So that we could just pass the baton of hope to the youth and to the people watching. So there really isn't nothing off limits, you know. We just get on there and we talk. And being that, you know, in urban journalism or hip-hop journalism, there's been a thing to it to where people want clickbait. They want shock jocking. And they take you and they say, hey, Jay, what's up, my brother? This, and then they jam you up. So people like you and me, when we go do interviews, we always got like this invisible wall of bars up. Like, yo, watch what you say. But with me, people know I'm safe. I'm never going to jam you up. It's always going to be positive. So they start dropping gems like Bobby Brown telling me he taught MJ how to moonwalk. (laughs) Wow. All Reverend Al Sharpton saying that MJ Michael Jackson, rest in peace, went to the funeral home where where James Brown was at because that was his idol in the middle of the night and com- and combed his hair and right way the right way and said, "Mr. Brown combs it to the right, not the left." And so you hear all these gems and you like. Wow. So you feel like a fly on the wall. Um, We would never hear nothing like this, but you know, tune in to Fat Joe, you might hear something. So you are Puerto Rican and Cuban descent. That's right. Right. Born in the Bronx. That's right. Hip hop is a multicultural, multi-ethnic thing in the Bronx, right? Back when you were coming up, what questions did you have about your race and your background when you were a young age? You know, I grew up, I grew up black. And so <clears throat> what does that mean, Joe? I'm going to tell you, my hood is 80%, 80, 90% black. My projects, my neighborhood was dominantly black. My grandmother's neighborhood was 99.9% black where there was no popular Latinos and not like, you know, if they did, they was out the way. And so that's where I grew up. My mom's lived there for 40 years in that community. So she's from the community, loved this movie, this, that. And so when I'm, 
I'm born, I'm not listening to salsa and all that. I'm listening to Gloria Gaynor. <laughs> I'm listening to Stephanie Mills. I'm listening to I Will Survive. Oh, that's what my house was playing, right? And so it's hard for people to fathom that there were no social media. There was no Instagram. There were no nothing like that. So I grew up blonde hair, green eyes, knowing I'm Latino, but thinking I'm black. Don't know how to explain it to you any other way, right? And so it wasn't till I, I went to high school and met another Latino brother. There was a real dude. And he said, yo, come hang out with me in my hood. It's 10 blocks away was, was like another world. So when we went to his hood, it was 90% Puerto Rican, Latino flags in the window. The black guys over there thought they were Spanish. What is the true story? Oh, yeah. I met the blackest guy out there. He was like, he was like, I'm speaking Spanish, this, this, that. He grew up in that other side of town. He was the fat Joe of the Spanish. And so, you know, it was, and it was good. He, I swear to God, I got a book coming out in November, the book of Jose, but I explained this in my book that I could not believe that it was like Puerto Rican heaven over there. Like, you know what I mean? It was just dominantly Puerto Rican. I really started learning my Latino heritage over there. I was like Latino. I'm not that's one one million one million um percent. My father's Cuban never spoke English. He went to jail. The only time my father went to jail was he we got stopped by some officers who were white and they pulled him over and they were saying license and registration and my father kept telling them no english no speak english it was like a day like this raining like that no no speak english and they was like no you speak fucking english you you speak english he was like no speak english they locked my father up because he didn't speak english Hardworking man, had his license, had his thing. I had to watch my father in handcuffs for the first time ever in the rain because he didn't speak English. So, of course, I'm Latino. I'm proud to be a Latino, but I grew up on this on that side of town. How you learn how to fuse those two worlds together. I was born loved. My community always loved me. I can't break break down to you. Was it hard for you being a Latino in hip hop? It was. I don't know that since I was born. I was Fat Joey. They love me. I've never, you know, my community loves me to the, to this day. You understand? We got a girl I grew up with that just collapsed and died last week. Keisha from my building, third floor. I got to go to an event in Miami. I pushed it all the way back to make sure I go to her viewing because that's my family. That's where I come from. That's my neighborhood, you know? And so I didn't receive that, man. I'm gonna be honest with you. I didn't receive racism. 
I didn't receive nothing, you know. I got my start at the Apollo Theater in Harlem. And they went crazy when they seen Fat Joe come out there. Like I never had that. Do you know do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm curious on how you deal with backlash, right? Because I know recently you made some comments paying tribute to Latino pioneers of hip hop. It's a fact though. Right. Can you just explain to our audience what happened? Give me my Instagram. Give me my phone. Funny you say that. I've just pulled up, and this is what I just saw on Instagram. Because a lot of black hip-hop fans were all in their rage and their feelings about it. It's not true. That's Twitter, black fans. It's not real fans. Real, real, I'm not too sure what's real on Twitter and what what's not. This is the first hip-hop movie, Wild Style. That's Charlie Chase down with Cold Crush, one of the first hip-hop groups in the world. Oh. <laughs> Ruby D, and you got a lot of nerve when you play against me. You know you're going to get served. <laughs> Cold Crush D, no JDL, the Lord of, of Lord to Lords, fantastic, romantic five cold crush. I just saw this now. I didn't have it. Look, they are both Puerto Rican on the first rap groups ever. Can't make this Ruby D, first Puerto Rican. Do you see Ruby D? Like this is from their infancy. Listen to what I'm saying. Cold crush, fantastic, romantic. When you go. And you buy your books, or you look at your 30 foot, 30 documentaries, and they show up and they show hip hop's infancy. Uh, there, there was a photo photographer named Joe Conzo who took every picture. If it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have that. That footage of the Bronx looking like this, he picked up the camera, he's not hip hop. Charlie Chase, the DJ of the Cold Crush Brothers, is not hip hop. Ruby D, <laughs> the first Puerto Rican MC, <laughs> and, and Whip and Whip Wop from Fantastic Romantic is not hip hop. So I'm sorry, guys. I grew up in the Bronx, not on the other side of town. I grew up where hip hop was born, you know. So when you sound, when you look at Saudi Arabia and you see them going around Mecca. I was born in the Mecca. So Grandmaster Flash, who is one of the three founders of hip hop, it's Africa Bambata, Ku Herc, Grandmaster Flash. My brother was his crate boy. So my brother, when he would go DJ at the legendary jams, my brother would carry milk crates and that had vinyl. That it's my brother, it, my my blood brother, my brother Angel. They call me Little Angel when they see me. Grandmaster Flash and Melly Mel, they call me Little Angel. It's not my fault I was born at the place. You really can't argue with me. These are the facts. This ain't, con this ain't controversial. This ain't nothing. This is a fact. I agree with that. <clears throat> now, if you want to erase history... If you want to change the history, I don't know what to tell you, bro. But like, like, but 
I'm going to stand up for the principle, what's right, what I know to be correct, one million percent. When they make this hip hop museum, whatever, uh, Fat Joe will turn out to be factual. It's not controversial. Does it bother you when you receive backlash, Joe? What happens with the with the backlash is, first of all, I don't believe Twitter, you know, because when they when they saying when they cancel Fat Joe, I'm in the blackest neighborhood of Houston. <laughs> where they are loving me <laughs> carrying me in the air tossing me up in the air joe we love you i'm in the atl just did the b i just hosted the black entertainment world what i don't know where where these people are at guys i don't know if they are fooling you guys on social media or something i don't see them i have yet to be confronted in any place in America with somebody saying, um, I don't know who these people are. So when it comes to hip hop history, you better not come for Fat Joe. He was there. He has knowledge and he has receipts. He's proud to represent his Cuban and Puerto Rican heritage. He's still deeply connected to the community that brought him up and protected him. And he gives back until it hurts. That's coming that's coming up next in my conversation with Fat Joey. If you listen to Limit, the limits don't want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, of course, I'm Jay Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jay Williams. And yes, today we are talking to blah blah blah. Um, but first I had to talk to my brother about some hoops. Um, <laughs> because he watched basketball and hip hop evolve together. And he partied with some of the biggest hoopers in the game. Wait until you hear some of the names he drops. Allen Iverson, Stephon Marbury, and even Charles Oakley, or Uncle Oak. And as I like to call him, come on now, game, always recognize game. Here we go. I want to bring it back to hoops for a minute, man, because you were recently featured in 30 for 30, right? The greatest mixtape ever, which was... It was a dope flip, by the way. It was incredible, man. But take me back to like the 90s, like where there was this like hip hop. Me as a fan, yeah, you as a fan, you as an artist, just like this conversation where the athletic world and hip hop world. When you talk about basketball and me just coming up in the 90s, we was in the club with Oakley. We, we was in the we was in the club with Mace. We was in the club with even Allen Houston was in the club every night. If you go on, if you go later on, me and AI became really really tight. So I would be in Philly all the time, and you know I was at his wedding. You know, so me and AI are like brothers. And Stefan Marbury. So Stefan, I would be in the projects with him in Coney Island. And so I had some serious, serious relationships with basketball, with ball players coming up in the 90s, hanging out with them. Early 2000s, like, you know, whatever. I mean, I hung out with everybody. So how did that influence you 
and how you produce your art. Wow, basketball, I don't know if I ever said this, but basketball to me with you playing, it's choreography, it's dancing, you you dancing. And I love Rondo, he danced. You know what I mean? And you in there, I'm not just saying individual achievement, I'm not just saying dribbling, but you dance until you find the right person to get the ball to. And so hip hop is the same thing. Um, it's music, it's choreography. And so it just blends in. And so like tonight, I'm scared. Tonight I'm scared because um, we, I hosted the BET Hip Hop Awards and of course basketball is back. Yeah, that's, wow. And of course, this is a lot actually, so I'm not going to get to all of this, but it's actually good that Fat Joe did an interview, so he had to clear the air that's nothing controversial. So, so for the more the story is, it's basically um he he has the knowledge of where he was born and raised and stuff, and you know he he was born when hip hop was born, so that's how he met DJ Cool Herc and stuff. So that's pretty dope, man. He's like Fat Joe is like a philosopher. He's like a philosopher of hip hop, man. You know, he has knowledge and everything. So that's pretty dope on that part. I don't need to continue with this. So I'm just glad that he was able to clear the, clear the air with this one, man. And don't trust black Twitter, folks, because they don't have the factual information because they just make up shit like conspiracy theorists. So don't trust that shit, though, man. So let me, let's make some noise for Fat Joe for clearing the air on this. All right, um, let me let me see. Where did I leave off here? I'm sorry. Hold on. Hold on a minute here. Hold on, where did I leave off here? Hold on a minute. Give me one second, folks. Okay, um, just give me a sec. Um, all right, um, let me see. Um, all right, we're gonna go to the alchemist. Yeah, we're gonna go to the alchemist right now. Um, here it is. Uh, so revered hip hop producer The Alchemist has launched a masterclass with music production education platform, um, 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 all art. Beat making and sampling for hip hop is the title of the masterclass, and sees the Nas MF, the late great MF Doom, Action Bronson, Mob Deep, and Kendrick Lamar collaborator break down the details of his workflow. Awarded the best hip hop producer alive in 2021 by Complex. He also offers insight into how to monetize your brand in the industry and tells 
the story of how he composed the original score for Grand Theft Auto V. In 23 chapters over five hours of content, the alchemist's real name, Dan Maman, <laughs> shows you how to make a beat from scratch, covering his approach to making beats and how he works on an MPC to slice samples and create hip hop beats. While he runs you through the, his unique workflow, he also breaks down and applies these techniques to examples of his most iconic productions on tracks by Nas, Schoolboy Q, and Boldy James. <laughs> Baldy James. I can't believe this is his name. Anyway. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> the LA-based producer also explains the importance of sampling, um, heralding it as an art form, says all art. Um, Over the years, the alchemist adds, in quote, I think digging and looking for records is one of the things that's kept me inspired musically there's a, a feeling when you are buying records or walk into a record show and you are like damn it's in here the infinite the infinity stone is is in here um with 30 years of experience working with the likes of cypress hill eminem and action bronson as well as running his late record label alc the producer offers um, sage advice on how to further your brand in the music industry beyond just selling music. Um, Ullart is a music production education platform that um, works with artists and music industry figures to create masterclass courses. So far, the site has racked up over 600 chapters and 127 hours of educational content from various teachers covering music production and songwriting through to mastering and music management and yeah so you can sign up to the olb making a sample sampling for hip-hop masterclass by the alchemist um and and of course uh it's gonna cost you what is it 63 63.99 you can check out the website at ulart.com for more details. Okay, anyways, um, let's see. Let's see what else we got to talk about here. Hope I ain't miss out on anything. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Yes, the Doritos. Yeah, let's get to that. Let's get to that shit, though. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, man. I don't understand. I don't understand the, com the, the combo right here, man. I really don't understand this shit, though. So, <laughs> so listen to this, folks. Um, And this is why I had to name, I named this episode. Okay, so, so I'm pretty sure everybody's heard of Doritos, right? Um, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Favorite snacks are chips and cookies. So that's pretty much what the name of the episode is pertaining to. Um, 
and uh, I did not know this, but <laughs> let's get into this though. So, a name more American flavored combination than ketchup and mustard. I'll wait. Doritos boldly shares its take on this iconic combo with its new limited edition classic ketchup and spicy mustard flavored chips. To clarify, the ketchup flavor is only new to the United States as our upstairs neighbors in Canada have been noshing on this since 2014. The spicy mustard one is completely new, inspired by the, by Chinese hot mustard. <laughs> Damn. Hold up. Before we get into each flavor, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that Doritos texture is always on point. It's never soggy or stale unless it's user error and I leave the bag open. These baddies follow suit and were crunchy. With that, let's start with ketchup first. If I could only use one condiment for the rest of my life, it would be Heinz ketchup. <laughs> this was number 57, but for once, I wasn't not I wasn't not mad about it. The chips were simultaneously pungent, tangy, sweet, but perfectly counterbalanced with the softer corn note of the tortilla chip. It was so flavorful that it almost reminded me of the punch of sea salt and vinegar chips. But with a bit of a sweeter flavor, I was also surprised by the pop of flavor because the seasoning did look a bit sparse. Um, on to... The spicy mustard one. I regularly consume Chinese hot mustard. I make it to eat with dumplings, dim sum, bratwurst, <laughs> and and more. So I'm I'm thrilled to share the, the fantastic news that we can also consume Doritos spicy mustard flavored chips <laughs> without destroying our nasal passages. Oh, okay. The chips were relatively mild compared to the actual condiment, but were still distinctly um, mustard. It was almost Dijon-like, but with a bigger kick on the end. Depending on how sensitive you are to heat, this could taste spicy to you. Eating them together, however, was underwhelming. Clearly, they they weren't necessarily meant to compliment because the ketchup overpowered the mustard. Yeah, it did because it's sweet. <laughs> also, I, I sure, I sure as heck will not be using these to replace the actual condiments on my food anytime soon. These are a great side of plate friends though. <laughs> Unfortunately, these were available as a limited time of Frito-Lay's website, snacks.com. <laughs> and they were, and they are officially sold out, but I wouldn't be surprised to see them in store in the future. When that day comes, <laughs> make sure to snag a bag or a couple. <laughs> nah, I would not be messing with the fucking um, mustard chips by Doritos. I'm not messing with that shit though. This is crazy. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So purchase price is like 
$5.59 each. Yeah, and it's purchased at snacks.com. Nine out of 10, which is the rating for ketchup. Nine out of 10 for spicy mustard. Um, Nutritional fact, nutrition facts, 28 grams, about 11 chips. Um, Ketchup, 150, cal- 150 calories, seven grams of fat, one gram of saturated fat. Um, no grams of trans fat, no milligrams of cholesterol, 190 milligrams of sodium, 18 grams of carbohydrates, one gram of fiber, one gram of sugar, and two grams of protein. Um, the spicy mustard, 140 calories, seven grams of fat, one gram of saturated fat, no grams of trans fat, no milligrams of cholesterol, 190 milligrams of sodium, 17 grams of carbohydrates, one gram of fiber less than one gram of sugar and two grams of protein yeah you're gonna be out of luck because you're not gonna be able to find them you're not gonna be able to find them anytime soon though unfortunately though unfortunately um (laughs) oh gosh um oh boy wait what about the cookies hold on a minute <laughs> um cookies news 2022 oh boy i didn't even think about that anyway um <laughs> oh man um cookie snack um new flavor let's see Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute here. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. Wait a minute here. So, speaking of cookies, um, according to people, Oreo is skipping ahead to the holiday season already. The cookie brand will also celebrate everything merry and bright a bit early with the launch of the new Snickerdoodle flavor. Hitting shelves already October 17th, the limited edition treat consists of cinnamon flavor cream filled with green and red sh- and red sugar crystals sandwiched between two Snickerdoodle flavor cookies. The cheesy flavor will be <laughs> will be available while supplies last. Wow. Um, Oreo announced the flavor on Wednesday and shared a playful video on TikTok to ring in the news. Not your grandma's snook- snickerdoodle cookie. <laughs> uh, reads the past the post caption: A person dressed as a grandma vibrantly danced in the video while holding the new snickerdoodle package. Oh, 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 oh man! Chips Ahoy joined in on the fun and commented on the post let's go grandma (laughs) oh shit oh shit of course this summer oreo announced um another limited edition flavor um the nepal no the neo the neo the neapolitan cookie oh the the base was was waffle 
cone flavor, and <laughs> the top and bottom even had a griddle, gritted pattern to mimic the texture of cones. Perfect for ice cream flavor, ice cream lovers. The cream filling was triple stuffed with vanilla, strawberry, and chocolate to capture the hallmark taste of a Neapolitan treat. Of course, another summer twist on the classic cookies was Oreos um, Pride Pack. Uh, the popular cookies were stamped, were stamped with the word proud on t- And, of course, the limited edition treats hit retails in late May in time for Pride Month in June for its third year. The cookie company partnered with P PFLAG National, the largest organization for LGBTQ plus people, their parents and families and allies for the, for the rainbow-inspired sweets. Wrapped in colorful packaging, the Pride Pack was flanked with authentic words of love for the LGBTQ plus community sourced from real lifelong allies per a release. Even, even more wholesome, the package left a spat, no spot for customers to write personalized notes of allyship before sharing cookies with their loved ones. Hmm... Okay, another another um another thing um relating to cookies is um so so basically this is what's going on here um coins so so deck the halls this winter with new limited edition holiday flavors from Vor Vortman cookies. Wow. Um, so this was on October 18th. Vortman, the number one cream wafer brand and number three better for you cookie brand in the United States, is ringing in the winter season with the launch of holiday inspired snacks, wafers, and cookies made with certain real ingredients. The signature seasonal um, treats, including New two new flavors are rolling across the United States and Canada and will be available in stores for a limited time. Vorman limited time um items hitting US stores shelves this holiday season are of course new candy cane flavored wafers. Um you got new eggnog flavored. Okay, hold on. Let me just um okay, cool peppermint flavored cream meets crisp wafer layers in a 10.6 ounce package new eggnog on flavor wafer is baked with real nutmeg this classic package beverage inspired um, snack has a rich uh and creamy flavor in a 10.6 ounce package chocolate mint flavor um wafers crisp wafers sandwich between refreshing mint chocolate flavored cream in a 10.6 ounce um package gingerbread cookies a holiday classic baked um baked with the warm spiciness of real ginger and topped with red sugar in a 10.6 ounce package and holiday treats include shortbread cookies in various holiday shapes sprinkled with red and green sugar in a 10.6 ounce package holiday gingerbread cookies gingerbread shaped cookies baked with the warm spiciness with of real ginger and topped with red sugar in a 12.3 ounce stand 
stand up back assorted um assorted cookies um assorted festive cookies snowman star and tree shaped um shortbread cookies sprinkled with red white and green sugar in a 12.3 ounce stand-up bag okay as the holidays um approaches um consumers crave delicious food said adam um lesuk general manager of Vortman bakery we're excited to launch these limited edition wafers and cookies that were inspired by holiday excuse me classic holiday flavors like gingerbread candy canes and eggnog finding the perfect um gift for friends and family can be tough but choosing what to um create choosing what to create um no choosing what to treat yourself to doesn't have to be um okay interesting um baked with real mint ginger almonds or other ingredients these holiday snacks are made without high fruit fructose corn syrup artificial color or artificial flavors the wafers have a light crispy texture and creamy filling while the, the the cookies are crispy and crunchy just like the everyday vortman wafers and cookies so yeah so there you have it right there man um all right i'm about to i'm about to go to the uh let me see let me see something here um I'm out to go to uh okay, let's go to let's go to uh the recent movie that came out. The recent movie that came out, which is uh Halloween ends, actually, if you will. Um yeah, let's get to that right about now under um movie man K popcorn segment. Let's get to it right now. Okay, hold on a minute here. Okay, um, <clears throat> wait a minute, wait a minute here. Mm. Okay, Halloween ends. Let me just find that. I'm sorry. Um, okay. Um. Um, sorry, yes, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Um, all right, so this is according to Variety. So, check this out. So, recently, Halloween Ends already um, came out already just last week. So, Halloween Ends slayed the box office competition, collecting $41.25 million from 3,901 North American theaters in its opening weekend. How about that? That sounds pretty. That sounds pretty good. 
the movie had a softer start than expected. Project okay, projections were closer to 50 million to 55 million, but it's still impressive consider considering its simultaneous release on, on Peacock lightly cut into ticket sales. It's the first movie to open above 40 million since Jordan Peele's Nope kicked off in late July to 44 million dollars. Of course, Jamie Lee Curtis returns as a grandmother with deep-rooted trauma in Halloween Ends, which is the supposed cap to the long-running slasher series. But the Universal and Blumhouse franchise continues to make money. After all, so it's doubtful that audiences have seen the last of the mass killer Michael Myers. Halloween Ends also faced unexpectedly steep competition from Paramount's creepy thriller Smile. Smile, which continued its killer run with twelve point million dollars um in its third weekend of release. The R-rated smile has grossed seventy one point one million in million dollars in North America and one thirty seven million worldwide to date. A scary good result since it cost just $17 million to produce at a time when movie theaters have been struggling to bounce back from COVID. The horror genre has been a consistent winner. Horror films have been performing extremely well at the box office, said David A. Gross, who runs the movie consulting firm Franchise Entertainment Research. Um, yes. Um, let me see. Franchise Research. Um, franchise research, franchise research, um, franchise research, um, franchise research. Here it is. Um, yes, franchise research, franchise entertainment research. Um, young audiences like seeing these movies at a theater. But he adds, when that kind of success is possible, the greatest value is created by an exclusive theatrical release followed by streaming. According to NBC Universal, Halloween Ends is Peacock's most watched series or film of all time over a two-day period. But the company stopped short of providing any data to contextualize that ambiguous milestone. It's impossible to know the amount of money that's left on the table with a hybrid release. Though Peacock has significantly um, fewer subscribers than Netflix, HBO Max and other rivals in the streaming space. Internationally, Halloween ends added $17.17 million from 77 markets, pushing um, global ticket sales to $58.42 million. It's great to see Blumhouse once again dominate this space, says Jim Orr, um, Universal's president of domestic distribution. Jamie Lee Curtis is a force of nature and audiences absolutely love her. Halloween ends, um, cost the budget to, um, the budget to, um, $33 million to produce, not including marketing expenses. Um, so it won't take a ton. Um, it won't take a ton. Um, it won't take a, t a ton of coin to turn a profit. But 
there was hope, at least heading into this weekend, that, that the Slasher sequel would beat the $49 million start of its predecessors, um, Halloween Kills, which also opened day and date on Peacock. Instead, Halloween Ends landed the lowest debut in the rebooted trilogy, a sign that enthusiasm is starting to diminish. Halloween Ends landed a bleak C-plus cinema score, the worst scale of the trilogy. That's not exactly encouraging since Halloween Kills, which scored a slightly um, better B-minus. Collapsed by 70% in in its sophomore outing and tapped out with $92 million in North America and um, $131 million globally. By comparison, um, 2018's Halloween, a blue... A blue, a blip, a blip, obliterated, excuse me, um, franchise records when it opened, um, to $76.2 million. Um, the well received movie ended its theatrical run with $159 million in the U.S. and two, $255 million worldwide. Despite a C-plus cinema score, says Comscore analyst Paul um, Dargarabedian, Halloween Kills has um, huge brand equity that could help Bioy its prospects moving forward, he adds. The bigger question for every movie in the marketplace is the impending debut of Black Adam, the DC comic book adaptation, which I'm going to cover that in next week um so also in theaters is um of course obviously um wild wild crocodile of course is in third place um behind halloween ends and smile which is also in second place sony's animated family film added 7.4 million dollars from 4350 um venues in its second weekend in theaters in theaters, a 34% drop from its debut. So far, Lila Crocodile has generated a so-so $22.7 million in North America. I'm not even going to, and, and the rest just, and the rest, I'm not even going to go into the woman, the woman king. I'm not going to go into that right there. So that's just going to do it for right there, though. So, <laughs> um, okay. So, so let's see what else. Oh, yes. Um, things to do for the weekend. Things to do for the weekend. I'll get to that in a se- I'll get to that starting. Um, starting with um. Starting with um. Let me see. Let me just get to. Sorry. Sorry about that. Um, starting with um. Things to do in Los Angeles. Let's start there. Um. Okay. Things to do. Okay. Um, hold on a second. Hold on a minute. Okay, things to do in Los Angeles. Okay, uh, hold on. So So, okay, I don't see any dates. Hold on a minute. Hold on a second. 
Um, all right. Things to do. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Just had it actually. Um, okay. Um, all right, let's get to this right now. Um, okay, best things to do in Los Angeles. Okay, um, I'm not gonna stay on California for too long, but um, um, let's see. So, this weekend, um, for October 23rd, which is Sunday, San Pedro's Dia Dia de Los Um. Um, Muertos Festival. Um, stroll the streets of downtown San Pedro during the waterfront day of the dead celebration. You'll, fi you'll find traditional and contemporary Latin um, Latin American performers snack on regional Mexican fare, sip on suds in the beer garden, shop for artisan crafts and clothing and let the kiddos run around and get their face painted make sure make sure to stop by the ceremonial altars you can enter your own in a free competition in addition to the community wide altar of remembrance the event takes place on 6th street between pacific avenue and center street um and um um, Los Angeles Printer Fair, Topography Aficionados, take note, the annual LA Printer's Fair is back to fulfill all of your papers, fantasies, hit up the International Printing Museum in Carson and pre-use paper selections, ink, rare books, and printing press equipment. Plus, the event is historically home to the largest letterpress swap meet in the West. With letterpress supplies, wood and metal type, ink and presses, you are more interested in looking than buying. Spend the afternoon scoping out the demos and tours throughout the museum galleries. Um, and of course, there's another festivities um, from October 22nd to November the 2nd. Um, join Grand Park and self um graphic self help graphics and art, which hosts its own Day of the Dead celebration for a nearly two week display of more than a dozen altars erected within the park. The altar displays officially kicks off on October twenty second, and though it's yet to be announced, that usually coincides with the traditional notch um the a friend of some ceremony to pray for and honor the dead okay um of course strange science into the park partake in the bookish yet festive only theme evening at the huntington strange science boasts a night of theatrical performances on scholarly lectures and display of rare objects including a discussion of renaissance era portions poison themed la opera performances, Edgar Allan Poe readings, and a, a dance party and circus-themed acts. Um, okay. 
Now you can find these events. Um, you can find these events um on the website um at www.timeout.com slash Los Angeles slash things to do and things to do in Los Angeles. You can find all these events that's posted. That's where you can actually find out where you can get your tickets and stuff. So um you know what I mean and um so there you have it right there man um now i'm gonna go to um now i'm gonna go to uh new york so i don't forget because i'm running on time actually um let's see let's see before i go to um the three-day weekend thing i want to get to this uh let's see i want to get to the uh um, let me get to, uh, boy, I want to get to the, uh, first, let's talk pumpkin fest. I get it's just to cover that actually. Let's talk pumpkin fest for a sec. The Seaport pumpkin fest is set to host the first, um, annual pumpkin fest to, Usher in the change of the season beginning it began um October 1st and it's ending November the 7th. The month-long celebration will feature pumpkin installations, pumpkin decorating, rewards for buying specialty menu items, Barktoberfest, a Halloween block party, and a Halloween movie marathon put on by um Seaport Cinema. Um, New York City's original neighborhood offering offers unique entertainment, dining, cultural experiences, and waterfront views of the Brooklyn Bridge and city skyline. City sitting along the East River in Lower Manhattan, the seaport is home to many independent businesses, um, emerging and resident artists and organizations, fostering community connection. Um, yes. And the Howard Hughes Corporation, a large-scale real estate company, will begin the first annual um, support, no, Seaport Pumpkin Fest on October 1st with hundreds of pumpkins standing nearly, nearly 10 feet tall. The pumpkin arch will be erected <laughs> on the Heineken, Heineken River deck at Pier 17. <laughs> there Therefore, an ideal photo op on the way to the pumpkin patch on Fulton Street. There is nothing better than fall at the seaport, says um, Ellie um, Chamberlain, vice president of marketing at the seaport for um, the Howard Hughes Corporation. We are excited to expand our seasonal programming with the Seaport Pumpkin Fest, welcoming New Yorkers to the New um, the neighborhood for what will be a festive season. Throughout the Pumpkin Fest, purchase five um, select pumpkin goods at participating restaurants and get um, the sixth item for free. Select items include the Dante Seaport uh, Pumpkin Rattler, Malibu Farms Pumpkin Spice Latte, Funny Face <laughs> Bakeries Pumpkin Sugar and Spice Cookie, <laughs> or Mr. Dip's Trixie Treat Season Seasonal Cone. 
Of course, kids can decorate an artificial pumpkin at Taste of the Seaport Kids Zone on October. Yeah, that already happened already. Um, October 15th um, from 12 p.m. to 3 p.m. And Hester Street Fair on October 3rd and November 5th to the 6th from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. People of all ages are encouraged to join the Halloween block party on Fulton Street October 30th from 12 p.m. to 2 p.m. Where live music by Just Say When will commemorate this the season. Pumpkin carving will be demonstrated by um, maniac carvers <laughs> trick-or-treating at select businesses and a neighborhood scavenger hunt. Presented by Downtown Magazine, Barktoberfest offers the chance to dress up your dog in Seaport Square on October 23rd from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. Join the Seaport Cinema screening of a Halloween movie on October 30th at the Greens. Vote for which movie will be shown on the Seaport's Instagram, which is the Seaport NYC on October 10th already happened. Um, Showtimes will be at 12.30 p.m., 2.30 p.m., 4.30 p.m., 6.30 p.m., and 8.30 p.m. Of course, for public events, are free to attend. For more information, you can go to the to the seaport www.theseaport.nyc. <clears throat> okay. Um. Now, um, this is other thing I wanted to do. I'm not gonna have time to do the Ray J topic, but I'll do that next time. Okay, meat packing. Okay, hold on. So we have some um, other events to get into. So this is, uh, <laughs> okay, this is um, Meatpacking District Treats in the Streets. Okay, here we go. The, the streets of meatpacking are getting into the fall spirit with a day of trick-or-treating for adults and children alike. Fine kid and adult-friendly treats, games and activities, live music, and the fourth annual meatpacking doggy costume contest. Stores and restaurants will be open throughout the neighborhood with treats and delights at every stop. Attendees are invited to walk around the district to fill up the, their bags with items from around the district. Games and activities can be enjoyed throughout the neighborhood, such as pumpkin decorating, pumpkin ring toss, pumpkin tic-tac-toe, and cornhole along with the, ske the scheduled um, activities um, below. Hold on. <clears throat> Okay, here's the schedule. So 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. live music on on Gansevoort Plaza, um, located at West 13th Street, um, and River, Hudson River Park's 14th Street Park. 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. artists and flea fleas outdoor market, um, Hudson River um, Park's 14th Street Park. 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Pet Portraits by Laura Baron in Hudson River 
Parks, 14th Street Park. Limited quantity. Two, no, excuse me, 12 p.m. Drag Queen Story Hour on Little West, 12th Street. 2 p.m. The Meatpacking District's fourth annual doggy costume contest on Little um, West, 12th Street. Grand Prize is an overnight stay at the dog friendly um, um, Gansay Vort Hotel. Early registration for pups is now open. On site registration will be available until 1 30 on. 1.30 p.m. on October 22nd. 3 to 4 p.m. Spooky Story Time at the Google Store. 3 to 5 p.m. Um, pet um, yeah, pet Portraits by Laura Baron in the Hudson River Parks, 14th Street Park. Limited quantity, quantity. All day Edward Hopper opening weekend at the Whitney uh, Museum of American Art. Um, participating businesses, artists, Artists and Fleas Outdoor Market in Hudson River Parks, 14th Street Park, Chelsea Market, Treats, DVF Treats, Fig and Olive Treats, and Food Cart with theme items for purchase. Gansey Vort Hotel Treats Specials at Coffee and Cocktails and the Chester. Google Store Treats and Spooky Story Time for Kids from 3 to 4 p.m. Neighborhood Goods treats food and drink specials at Tiny Feast. Lift, lift Tonic treats at first-timers lift for free. Special 90-minute lift with Radon at 11.15 a.m. Serafina Meatpacking treats and complimentary uh, ravioli a la um, salvia and hot apple cider. Simon Pizza treats butternut squash and marshmallow pizza what <laughs> marshmallow pizza <laughs> oh man why are you mixing marshmallows with pizza how does that mix man that doesn't make any sense to me man that really doesn't to me <laughs> oh man oh my gosh <laughs> yeah marshmallow pizza for purchase um um so soho home studio treats the old you plant shop mums pumpkins dry fall arrangements and seasonal treats for purchase the standard high line treats candied apples apples and apple cider for purchase on the standard plaza and theory treats and also for this weekend um i mean to get to right now for october 21st to the 23rd all right so starting with today of course obviously uh new york new york city parks how Hollow Scream come to the chilling fun celebration at J Hood Wright Park. The event has a sp spooky interactive haunted house games and fun inflatables and much more. The Fright Walk in the Haunted House features live actors and much more. Um the Fright Walk in the Haunted House features live yes, live actors, props. Um, images and special effects, lights and fog. Due to the frightening and demanding nature, younger participants under 13 are encouraged to have parental supervision. 
The free event starts at 3 p.m., which already started today. Actually, I do apologize for the delay of this episode. Um, and goes to 7 p.m. Costumes are encouraged, 351 Fort Washington Avenue, Manhattan. And of course, Brooklyn Poets Friday night open joint. The Brooklyn Poets for a night of open mic and two acclaimed featured poets. Doors open at six. Open mic is from 6 p.m. to 7.45 p.m. And the featured readers are from 8 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. Stephanie New is a is a poet from Georgia and the author um, she has dreamt again of water. The winner of the 2021 DOD um chat book prize jc rodriguez is an mfa student at syracuse and published in brooklyn poets pow pow wax wing and meow meow tickets are tickets can be purchased on the event eventbrite website uh, for 12 dollars 41 41 cents for general admissions and seven seven dollars for seven for virtual admission and it's located at 144 Montong Street, Manhattan, New York. And for Saturday, October 22nd, 37th annual Bronx Halloween Parade, the Bronx Halloween Parade is back for the 37th year, um, the second largest Halloween parade in NYC. This year's theme is Mardi Gras, and a theme costume contest with cash prizes is at the front um assembly member amanda satino uh is the grand marshal and social media comedian rado ortiz will be hosting the artist showcase at bill rainey park after the parade the parade begins at 12 p.m on southern boulevard and yes southern boulevard and westchester avenue in the bronx new york the rocky horror the rocky horror picture show screening come see the halloween classic rocky horror picture show hosted by bk1 the pigeon pack and c and double cd dot nyc this screening is interactive prop bags will be sold for five dollars during the screening alcohol beverages will be will also be sold including burger joints lantern fly special the screening will take place from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. located at 254 36th Street in Brooklyn. Um, and and finally, Sunday, October 23rd, Este does not make a movie. Watch Este does not make a movie with an exclusive Q&A from director Nicky Munoz and star Esteban Munoz. The film follows a young filmmaker being the, the behind the scenes director of the Emmy film. It follows um, the spiral of creative control that ensues. And the tickets are $11.36 and begins at 8 p.m. Located at Massaro Avenue in Brooklyn, New York. NYC Fungus Festival calling all fungus lovers. Ew. The New York um, Mycological Society <laughs> is hosting the, the first fungus festival on Randall's Island. Highlights include displays, mushroom walks, mushroom tea samples, food, experts, lectures, activities for kids, merch, books, and mushroom-themed art, Spanish-speaking activities, and much more. 
come ready to walk and have a mushrooming good time. The event will take place from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. and it's free to all. Um, and it's look and it's on Ward's Metal Loop by Randall's Island. Sty dyed and grim reverse tie dye workshop instead of adding color through tie dye. This workshop is about taking it away, perfect for the Halloween season. Attendees are told to bring up to three items to reverse dye from home, but items must be 50% or more natural fiber for the process to work. Tickets can be purchased for three, $33 a night. Excuse me. $33.69 on eventbrite.com and includes a beer and practice fabric. Okay. And dying takes place from 12 p.m. to 3 p.m. Located at 990 Metropolitan Avenue in Brooklyn, New York. All right. So there it is, man. Now, as I said, I'm not going to have time to get to the Ray J um, thing. I'm not going to have time to get to that. So I'm going to actually get to. Um, <clears throat> so um, I want to actually get get on to wrapping up the show right here. Let me see. Yeah, we're going to wrap it up right now. Um, all right, man. This is this has been a great episode 195. I do apologize for. um for the delay of meticulous virus podcast episode 89 i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to actually postpone it i don't know i don't know if i'm if it's gonna happen but i'm probably gonna end up postponing it because i have to charge my tablets so anyway um um you're more than welcome to make a charitable donation to my cash app which is dollar sign um g money stacks 555 that's dollar sign capital g lowercase m o n e y Capital S, lowercase T-A-C-K-Z, 555. It's not about having a lot of money. It's all about doing the best you can or whatever amount you have will be appreciated. And, of course, last but not least, um, the last segment of the night is Stream Choices on the Go. Let's go. You want to show some more support? Go ahead and show some love by following Off the Meat Rack Chain's New York podcast on on Instagram, alongside with um, my other two shows, Excellent Fun Vibrant Talks podcast, the Sports Edition show, and of course, Meticulous Vibe Juice podcast the review show. And myself is the is G Money Stacks five fifty five in Queens, New York. Turn on your notifications so you don't miss a beat, and and you don't miss a beat on which episode is going to be dropping. I am dropping episode 194, and I'm probably going to end up dropping episode 195 in a couple minutes after I finish on here. So, um, <clears throat> so, um, and speaking and speaking of which, though, man, um, you go to the link in bio where it says Linktree slash GMoneyStacks555 on there. You're more than welcome to leave a voice message for me in terms of, like, you know, some questions you got for me, any topic ideas or whatever. If you want to congratulate me on my 200 episode, 
which I will announce in the Insta story and the postage on the podcast of show page. And, and you know, you know what I'm saying? So hopefully, hopefully if everything works out with the upcoming, um, with the upcoming, um, future episodes that I got to do, I'll figure something out in terms of the time. So, you know what I'm saying? But without further ado, um, you can, you can start listening and streaming, um, the new and previous episodes in case you miss any of them, starting with Anchor, um, Audacity, Audible, Audio Burst, Amazon Music, Breaker, um, Castbox FM, Deezer, Listen Notes, Moon FM Podcast, Player FM, Pocket Cast, Podbay, Pod, excuse me, Podfriend, Podopolo, um, Podorama, Podcast Index, Podcast Addict, Pod. Podchaser, Podverse, Reason FM, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts. Make sure you leave a five star rating on Podchaser, Podfriend, and if you have i if you have um Apple Podcasts or iTunes, or whatever um and um and and Spotify. Make sure you leave a five star rating on Spotify as well. That would be appreciated as well. And you can also listen to um, Off the Meat Rat Chains New York podcast on Radio Public, alongside with I, alongside with iHeartRadio, the number one Afro music radio and podcast. Um, make sure you follow my other two shows. It's also on iHeartRadio as well, which is Excellent Fun Vibrant Talks podcast and Meticulous Vodjuice podcast review show. So. Um, Make sure you follow, make sure you subscribe, all that other stuff. And last but not least, the YouTube. Make sure you do the same for the YouTube channel page, G Money Stacks 555. Grab that subscribe button for me and click on that noni noni bell so you can be reminded when the show goes in the air via live stream. Leave a like and a comment along with the episodes and the topics that was being discussed. And of course, share your thoughts on the topics that was discussed in today's episode and previous episodes that you listened to, whatsoever, how you feel about it. Express yourself, man. You know what I'm saying? And of course, um, stay tuned for more video content, upcoming episodes and previous episodes. And of course... Tell a friend to another friend, share the videos, share the episodes, download these episodes. And of course, be sure to listen, stream, watch these episodes. And of course, share the podcast along with the link that says Linktree slash GMoneyStacks555 with all the audio stream platforms, including YouTube, on with your friends alongside with your wives, your husbands, girlfriends, boyfriends, your friends you're cool with, the people you're cool with from work, and everybody else on there right there. So anyway, man, that's going to do it for me. That's going to do it for me. I am G Money Stacks. Thank you very much for listening and hanging out with me on the 195th episode in involving um the Doritos with the flavored flavored um chips and cookies that's coming up and stuff um and i'll see y'all in the next episode man peace and one love take care of one another and make sure you um make sure you um 
remember that the grind doesn't stop. Hard work pays off. You, If you want something, you have to earn it. Um, also, you want to... You want to be sure to um, follow your dreams um, and, you know, find something that makes you happy mentally, physically, and spiritually. That's very important. Your, your well-being really counts. And, of course, be sure to actually, be sure to actually, you know, find something, find your voice, be you. And, you know, be confident in your craft and what you're trying to do, whatever career for you're trying to do, whatever it is, just go for it. And, of course, um, of course, find something that clicks to you, that gets you into your zone, creatively speaking, alongside with some tunnel vision. All right. I'm off this shit. I'm out of here. Peace and one love and enjoy the rest of your weekend. Take care of one another. Make sure you keep an out. Make sure you keep a lookout on your friends' safety and all the other stuff in terms of you know the crazy um, subway crimes and stuff and everything else. But enjoy the weekend. I'll see y'all next time. Peace and one love. Good night, folks. Listen, folks, if you like what you heard, I need your help on a couple things. If you like to support Off the Meat Rack Chains New York podcast, you can show some love by following the show on Facebook and Instagram with the same name at Off the Meat Rack Chains NY Podcast, O-F-F-T-H-E-M-E-A-T-R-A-C-K-C-H-A-I-N-Z. N-Y-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Alongside with my primary Instagram handle, GMoneyStacks555 in Queens, New York. And go to the YouTube channel, GMoneyStacks555. Be sure to click the subscribe button. Grab the notification bell so you can be reminded on when the show goes in the air live via live stream. More video content, upcoming episodes, Previous episodes that will automatically be posted after the recordings. Like, comment on the episodes with the topics, share the videos, download your favorite episodes, rate, spread the word to a friend, to other individuals. 
please be sure to share the podcast with audio streaming choices to your friends. The audio streaming services includes Anchor, Audio Burst, Breaker, Deezer, Listen Notes, Player FM, Pocket Cast, Podbay, Podfriend, Podcast Attic, Podorama, Podchaser, Reason FM, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. I'm G Money Stacks, and thank you, listeners and watchers, for tuning into the podcast. One love.